The role of the company secretary in creating future fit boards. We live in truly transformative times. You might say, so what? Businesses have always operated in constantly evolving environments. What's so significant now? Well, what's so significant now is the accelerating pace of change. Technological, geopolitical, demographic and environmental changes require boards to do the hard work, to guide companies to seize opportunities, manage risks and optimize performance. To keep pace, boards need to reshape and reimagine their role in order to ensure their future fit. What role can governance professionals play? What shall they focus on and how can they make it work? Welcome to the Better Boards podcast series. In this episode, I'm delighted to talk with Lauren Wolfson about the role of the company secretary in creating future fit boards. I'm Dr. Sabine Demkowski, founder and managing partner of Better Boards. We make the boards of the most ambitious organizations more effective. Our mission at Better Boards is to contribute to creating better boards. We do this by providing clients with an evidence-based approach for board evaluations and board development programs. To fulfill our mission, we give a voice to all who care about creating better boards. Welcome to the Better Boards podcast series, Lauren. Fantastic to have you. Hi, Sabine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very pleased to be with you. So there's so much talk that the role of governance professionals is changing. Change is happening all the time, of course. But what were the most evident, tangible changes for you in the last 12 months? I think one of the absolutely clear tangibles over the last year has been about how we operate as governance professionals and what we've needed to do. Firstly, we will have encountered directors who we've had to recruit, select, interview and onboard purely online, who will have joined boards, be having board meetings where they are haven't met anybody. And that has an impact on what you would see as the natural flow of building trust relationships within the boardroom and getting to levels of collegiality, which you need for challenge. So that's brought about different ways of thinking in relation to new board members. Also, I think in how we've had to service meetings during the year, you know, everything's gone online. Gone is the board pack, you know, physical board pack is no more. This is a silver lining and an absolute positive, but it's how we've had to focus on what the agenda's like, how you keep people's attention online versus being in a boardroom. And what do you do as a governance professional to support people in adapting to this virtual world? You make sure that they have the tools that they need to do the job. I think it's very important to put yourself in the shoes of the director to understand the experience and their journey. So how difficult is it to read the papers? Should we review the way we do the paper? Should we review the way we hold meetings? How should we structure a meeting so that you're able to deliver the information to them in the best way? So giving them the right information at the right time so they can still make good decisions, even though the way in which you're doing it has so fundamentally changed over the period. People love listening to this podcast and get some really practical tips. Do you have one nugget they can take away, one practical tip to make virtual board meetings work? I would just say, and it probably relates to a couple of things we might talk about, is keep it simple. I think the more you can simplify and get to the core, whether it be in the papers, in the presentation, it's absolutely critical. I think keeping things simple mm-hmm. and delivering what people need and keeping it and keeping it to that absolute point of what is key will help you in so many different ways. Absolutely. Very good advice. In every board evaluation, I still hear 
The papers are too long. The papers are too complex. So to any listener, keep it simple. <laughs> Absolutely. Tell us what we need to know to make the decision. Fantastic. So we talked about this virtual side that has changed. What are the other things that have changed? What are the topics that have come more to the fore than in the past? If we look at what the key topics should be on a board's agenda now in 2021, given where we currently are, context, the pandemic, the level of change, absolutely, first of all, I think it should be purpose. It's absolutely critical that boards should be talking about purpose. There might be those who say that's so 2020, you know, we've done purpose. I would say it's not finished. It can't be finished. Purpose is about who you are as a company. And if you've just got a simple purpose of who you are, it's how you're communicating it, how you're living it, it's how you're turning that into something palpable, real, tangible, and that lives throughout the organization. There's a lot of discussion as well around how to start measuring purpose. And there's some very interesting writing happening at the moment. There's a group of Oxford University of California, Berkeley professors who've got together um, and together with others have come out with Enacting Purpose Initiative, which talks to how you can measure purpose and what it means for business. There's a lot of good writing out there, but I think the key thing for companies around purpose is actually walking the talk. I think it's absolutely critical that people are authentic in how they do purpose and, and how it's brought to the fore. I think the second topic that I think is definitely on board agendas this year is diversity. You know, diversity has definitely moved from the DNI to DEI, as we've seen movements over the past year around looking at ethnic minorities. And, you know, here in the UK, with the Parker Review, the recent results show that, you know, we've still got 20% of FTSE 100 who don't have ethnic minorities on the board. So there's still a piece of work to be done around that. And gender obviously still is a focus and something that board should be looking at. The third topic that I would say is quite key is sustainability or ESG, but more particularly climate. I think this has been brought into sharp relief during the pandemic. And there's also a level of urgency that may not have been there before. Sustainability and ESG have definitely become mainstream, which they weren't historically. Now, I would say in relation to sustainability and its importance, This is not a new topic. There is a growing body of evidence that companies who have better sustainability practices are more profitable. But as far back as 1994, you had the likes of Jim Collins and Jerry Porras write in Built to Last that between 1926 and 1990, a group of what they called visionary companies, that is those that were guided beyond making money, who had a purpose beyond making money, returned six times more to shareholders than those that had explicit profit-driven objectives. Now, this is old research, but it's been supported by newer research, and there's lots of, lots of evidence out there. There is a business case for purpose. So I think purpose, sustainability, climate, these are all key things that need to be on the board's agenda this year. Moving this now to our topic, the role of the company secretary in creating the future fit board, making the board fit for the future. What does this really mean? I think that the company secretary, as you say, has a very important role to play in what is a critical journey for boards. I think if you look back 10, 20, 30 years, boards were staffed with the great and the good, those that were there to give gravitas to your board, those that were there to, in more recent times, to oversee the board strategy. I think what's needed for a future board and for a future fit board is one that is agile and one that is able to change with a changing environment. We've seen an unprecedented level of change in recent times through whether it be technological changes, other disruption in new customers, et cetera, and put on an overlay of a global pandemic, you need boards that are go beyond 
that have the ability to be agile and to innovate and to grow in these in changing circumstances. So if you talk about practically, you know, what does that mean to have a future ready board? I think that first of all, you need to look at your board composition. Who is it that's around the board table? Do you have the right people around the board table? Are the skills there? And you need to look at what that skill set might be. What do you need now? What do you need in the future? But it's not just about skills. It's also about behaviors and about collaboration. It's about having those directors who are able to challenge, who can work in a collaborative way with management. It was a Deloitte CFO journal where the writers actually wrote about the role of boards in an age of exponential change. What they spoke about was a board and its ability to zoom in and zoom out. I think that's quite important, especially for a future-looking board. And it's a board that can both take a look at the big picture, look at the future, plan for the future, but also has the ability to zoom in and challenge management and make sure that they are setting short-term and medium-term goals. So you have this long-term ambition that is your strategic ambition, but you also have the ability to focus and get to the granular detail that you need. What I'm interested there is, I still find in too many board evaluations that non-executive directors dive in far too much into operational issues. They take up far too much time on operational issues. And this agility, what you talk about, and these big topics that you mentioned, what can you do as a governance professional to really help that the board focuses on these issues and doesn't constantly drift into the nitty gritty and stepping on the toes of executives? Challenge, yeah, but not stepping on their toes. So you need both this collaborative and challenging relationship between them, but they need to understand their distinct roles. And I think it's almost creating this contract between the two, which makes it very clear as to where my role starts and where your role starts. And I think if you have clarity of purpose in relation to those, it helps you to set the boundaries and for both parties to respect those boundaries and for you to be able to say, this is my role, that's your role, this is how we're going to collaborate together, this is where I'm going to challenge you, but let's make sure I'm not there. As a governance professional, I think you've got a big role to play in that. I also think you've got a big role to play in setting the agenda and how you set that agenda and make sure that it's focused. I go back to the simplifier in the beginning. Focus on those issues, direct the agenda in such a way You will have that issue where you have people overstepping. You have an ex-CEO of a company who's learning to be a non-executive director, and they may want to delve into the detail. But it's how you steer the agenda. It's how you steer that engagement between the two sets that I think is quite key. No, and I hear, hear it very often, and that brings me to the next question. What do governance professions have to do to find the right balance between the day-to-day activities and the more exciting strategic issues I hear so often, far too often, that they get stuck into these day-to-day issues, particularly during the pandemic. There were so many day-to-day issues and day-to-day challenges that a lot of them lost the big picture. I hear you and I feel their pain. I mean, I think the role is a very exciting one because of the diversity of what it offers. But at the same time, it's incredibly challenging because you're doing a range of activities from making sure that people have got levels of comfort in a meeting to making sure that there's the right strategic discussion. So it is this very vast role. And close to a decade ago, I penned a paper for the IFC on the role of the company secretary as polymath. And I still believe that a lot of that is still very relevant because you do have this diversity of roles. That said, I think it's incredibly important. I've always 
joked with the teams I've worked with that I think you need two key things as a as a governance professional. The one is to be a professional juggler or multitask, and the second is to have a crystal ball. Now, neither of those you can necessarily rely on. So I think there's some practical tips that can actually help. So as far as being a professional juggler or multitasker, what I would just say is I think a key tip is around being organized. You need to organize the BAU to the absolute nth degree so that you have time to focus on the big picture stuff. So you have time to look outside of the obvious, time to deal with the stuff that just comes onto your plate that you haven't necessarily. On the crystal ball and seeing what's coming in the future, well, I think we all needed a crystal ball 14 months ago, which none of us had. But it's about creating the opportunity and the space to do that horizon scanning. I would seriously focus on a couple of trusted, well-respected sources and find ways of tapping into them. There's great ability to tap into horizon scanning resources, both through professional firms and through regulatory bodies as well. Tap into them. Make sure that you create that space in your week. So just a simple practical tip. Create a separate email address where you have the alerts go into. So on a daily basis, the alerts from all of these bodies go into that email address. Make time in your diary once a week. Go and visit. So it's not bothering you in your inbox. You're not creating noise in your inbox, but you've got the separate little email inbox where those kind of alerts go to. And once a week, you sit down, you scan, you look at what's important, what's not, and focus then on what's important and use that to help you set your agenda and drive the agenda going forward. Fantastic to give our listeners these little tips, but that one made me really think. What are the three things listeners should take away from this podcast? I think what I would probably say is three key takeaways is prioritize. And I'd use that in a very broad sense of the word, but there's so much noise, whether it be information flows, whether it be different voices coming in as to what you should be doing. Focus on what is important to your company and focus on what should be important to your board and do that. Prioritize that and make sure that that's getting done and getting done well. I would say look ahead to not understand what's coming and ensure that your agenda and what you're focusing on as a board is not directed on some of that future looking and agendas don't create that time is going to be an issue in the long term. So I would really say look ahead, try to find ways to do that. And then I would also say connect. There's a lot of value in connecting with people I have found, I've worked in different continents, very different industries, but I found that as governance professionals, through this continuous discourse, you find matters that resonate and you connect on very basic levels. So I would say try and find ways to network, to connect with people. It also helps you in that horizon scanning, forward-looking thinking that you need to do. So those would be my three sort of key takeaways. Fantastic, Lauren. Thank you so, so much for contributing to the Better Boards podcast series. And thank you for your practical tips. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Sabine. How can we help you and your board to become more effective? We at Better Boards are always delighted to hear from you. Get in touch. You can best reach us on info at better-boards.com. Thank you for listening.